We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay, hitting with a solo recap of the Nets' loss to the Suns, 116-112. We're going to jump with that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram, at BrooklynBuzzPod. But again, Nets shorthanded tonight. No Kevin Durant, no Seth Curry, no Utah Watanabe, no Dory Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie. Hope to see DFS and Spencer Thursday night. But Cam Thomas, again, was historical in this game, dropping 43 points. Cam, the youngest player in NBA history to score 40 plus points in three straight games. Also first player in Nets history to score 40 plus points in three straight games. Not only is he grabbing accolades from the Nets and, you know, being the youngest player, but he's joining an elite list of players. This is via via Kevin O'Connor. Players with three straight 40-plus point games since 79-80, the three-point era. Cam Thomas, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, Moses Malone, Bernard King, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, Dame Lillard, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. That is a list that Cam Thomas is now on. Just absolutely outstanding. You know, credit to Cam. And I can't lie, I never envisioned him hitting this type of level, you know, even this early in his career, maybe even ever, you know, scoring 40 plus points in three straight games is historical. It is ridiculous for a player of his age to play the way that he's playing right now is amazing. And you're just starting to see his full bag really click. You know, Jacques Vaughn talked about it after the game, starting to shoot more threes as the net staff has encouraged him to do. Finished tonight, as I mentioned, 43 points, 11 of 23 from the field, three of nine from three. 18 of 20 from the free throw line, five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, three turnovers, and is just looking like a young star. You know, a guy that truly has all-star potential and maybe even more. You know, the ceiling that I had for him is now shattered, and I'm not really sure where to evaluate him. Obviously, it's a three-game sample size, but the things that he is doing on the court makes sense with his game if the three ball is there because with him knocking down the three at such a rate, it's putting so much pressure on the defense to press him now at that three-point line and also be more aggressive in pick-and-roll situations, now opening up lanes for him to get easy layups or get into his mid-range shots. And that's something that just wasn't there before because teams were 
you know, doing their homework and following the scouting report that Cam wasn't shooting threes. And there seems to be a little bit more bounce in his three ball and a little bit more bounce in his game overall. And credit to him. I'm sure that's due to work he's doing off the court, you know, with his diet, but also the conditioning he's probably putting in over the summer and over the, the last couple of months. And for a guy that hasn't played to play at this high of level consistently for three games is just insane. And I really don't have enough compliments to put out there for Cam with the level that he's playing. I mean, it's just really incredible, especially with the guys that he's playing with. You know, he's not playing with Kevin Durant. He's not playing with Kyrie Irving. They're missing Seth Curry. They're missing Utah Watanabe. They're missing other pieces of the rotation. And some of the guys playing just aren't playing very well. You know, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, you know, and then playing with some two-way players in David Duke Jr. and Drew Smith. And Cam is still finding a way to score at an elite level. You know, this isn't a really good level. This isn't an all-star level this is an elite level it is three games but we'll see how how he progresses from here and how the nets look like you know moving forward after the deadline we'll touch on some of the trade rumors and you know the latest news or reports a little bit later in the show but really just outstanding stuff and i think now as cam approaches this level and gets the amount of attention that he's receiving especially with the double teams the traps uh, just the attention of the off-ball defenders, he's going to have to adapt to that. And that's going to be an area where he has to improve as a playmaker and as a passer. You know, a couple really nice passes as a corner in this game. But the pressure of the Suns definitely started to have an impact late. You know, Chris Paul getting his hands on some of those, you know, layups and drive moves and those gathers. So it's going to be uh, growing, growing stages. But again, no complaints in three straight games of 40 plus points. Again, Cam is outstanding and there aren't enough words to compliment him and the way he's playing right now for the Brooklyn Nets. And also with so much uncertainty to have a young player playing at this level gives fans a lot of hope. And it seems like Barclays is already very, very behind Cam Thomas. But another guy that Barclays loves is Nick Claxton. Another big game from him tonight. 17 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, 3 offensive, 3 assists, 3 steals, did have 2 turnovers in a weird 0 block game for Clax, but we continue to see the impact he has on both ends of the floor, you know, as a switch defender, as a, a rim protector, and offensively, you know, the addition that he's added to his game off the dribble. You know, you're seeing him attack centers off the dribble, getting the ball in the elbow. You know, no one's getting open. He's getting space. You're giving him a step to build momentum, and he's already an athletic freak with great body control. He gets into his Euro step. He's either getting himself to a comfortable shot or forcing himself to the free throw line. Didn't happen as much tonight, but you saw it more against the Clippers in terms of the free throw stuff. And obviously, DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, a better defense than some of the teams the Nets have faced this season. But Clax has levels to hit offensively and I think that's where there starts to be more hope for Clax to be an all-star level player I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities with how good he is defensively how he's improved on the boards and just his athletic skills and tools in terms of the offense so we'll see how he develops and obviously more opportunities have allowed him to build his game and build his confidence but really promising stuff from Nicholas Claxton and Cam Thomas and as I mentioned you know if the Nets elect to keep these two guys, which you know it seems more likely at this point than it did maybe 24 hours ago, there is some level of hope for the next chapter of Nets basketball of Kevin Durant will no longer be here. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving on to some other guys in this game. Uh, Joe Harris, better than the last game, but probably still not good enough. Eight points, three of eight from the field, two of five from three, one rebound, two assists. Um, and you can just see, you know, some of the lack of burst and still some hesitation from three. You know, there were some open shots he turned down in this game defensively. Just doesn't really have a role anymore. You know, I think he lost a little weight to pick up his foot speed and athleticism, but it wasn't enough and lost some of that strength. So now defensively, there just really isn't many pluses and tools to his game other than his frame. And if you're slow footed and not strong enough, it's going to be tough out there for you. And maybe Joe will find his footing next season or on a new team. We'll see how that all kind of plays out. But again, you know, just a, a struggling season for Joe Harris. Moving over to Royce O'Neal, who's, you know, been on fire the last couple games, has finally cooled off, finished with three points, one of six from the field, one of six from three, four rebounds, did have six assists, one steal, one turnover. I had some good defensive plays on Devin Booker, who's not, you know, one of the most most athletic guards in the league. So, you know, there were some matchups where Royce was okay in this one, but still, you know, when you're contributing three points and playing 29 minutes, it's always kind of be tough out there, especially when the team is missing some of you know their best offensive players and arguably the best offensive player in the league in Kevin Durant. But moving over uh, off of Royce and Joe, Ben Simmons made his return to the court. And to be honest, it was a disappointment once again. You know, Ben finished with two points, one to two from the field, 0-1 from the free throw line, four rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block, four turnovers. Those turnovers came in the second half. They came at bad moments, giving the Suns essentially free points in transition. Ben just wasn't that guy. You know, defensively has the spurts, but also has plays where he's not fully locked in. You know, continues to be a disappointment this season for the Brooklyn Nets. You know, the expectation was for him to be the third star or worse, the fourth best player. And right now, 
you know, he's looking like a bench player and maybe at times guy that should get 15 to 20 minutes a game. So really tough out there for Ben Simmons. Maybe he's not 100% healthy. Maybe he's still dealing with confidence issues, but whatever it is, you know, on the court, his production is not hitting our expectations. Uh, Talking about another Australian, Patty Mills, a horrendous game. Uh, zero points, zero five from uh, the field. Oh, a three from three, three assists, one rebound, and seventeen minutes. And for Patty, I think you can live with, you know, the missed shots or some of the bad defense because of his size. But it's like the mental mistakes and the bad decisions from a veteran player with his experience playing on a team like the Spurs for so many seasons is even more disappointing. You know, there's plays in this game where Patty Mills is dribbling the ball for eight seconds and then pulls up from the mid range. You're just not that guy, you know, and obviously the nets are shorthanded, but there's really no situation that he should be doing that even with the level of players the nets currently have on the court. So Patty, I think is, you know, obviously frustrating and he's not going to play well, especially when he's asked to play in a back to back and he's up there in age. But again, another guy who's disappointed this season after returning to the Nets in the offseason. Edmund Sumner, uh, he cooled off in this one, seven points, one of four from the field, one of two from three, four of four from the free throw line, two assists, two steals, three turnovers. Um, you know, just wasn't able to find those driving lanes like he was against the Clippers and some of these other teams the Nets have faced over the course of the last couple of weeks. And Sumner obviously isn't super skilled offensively, but there is a little bit more to his game. Uh, Jock Vaughn elected to go with Drew Smith in the fourth quarter. You know, I think Sumner probably should have went back out there for the last four to five minutes when the Nets had a real shot to win. But again, I, I'm not sure he he had it tonight either. Uh, we saw some David Duke Jr. in this one, first time in a long time. Four points, two or three from the field, one steal, two fouls. Um, DDJ, you know, Kind of the guy that we still anticipate. Really good athlete, has good speed, uh, can be a little bit overly aggressive defensively, which leads to fouls, and still does not have that three-point shot, which is always going to hamper his potential NBA career. Uh, as I mentioned at the start, TJ Warren did return, and we saw him have 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, and two rebounds. TJ actually returned in the last game, but is now playing a back-to-back. And credit him, I thought he started to to look better in this one, getting his feet under him. And I think one thing with TJ where you see him really successful is when he's driving into the paint, guys are trying to crowd him and he can use his upper body strength to create space and get into some of those touch shots that he really loves. And, you know, you're starting to see him look a little bit more comfortable on the court. Again, this is a guy that probably just isn't fully confident in his body considering how much time he's missed and the injuries that he suffered. So we'll see how TJ kind of progresses through the rest of the season. And Dayron Sharp, uh, you know, probably his best minutes in about two weeks. You know, six points, three or four from the field, four rebounds, two offensive. You know, Dayron played with good energy, filled in those 10 minutes, didn't see any second half minutes. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think he's a guy that just needs more development and it's not going to happen on this team and it's not really his fault. And I think there's a, a question with his skill set fitting into the switching scheme as well. So Dayron, you know, will play hard, just a lot of development, you know, mentally and in terms of polish. But uh, Drew Smith, again, got minutes tonight, played 12 minutes in this one, finished with five points, two or three from the field, one one from three, uh, two rebounds, two steals. Overall, I thought Drew Smith was 
decent in his minutes in terms of the expectations you would have for a two-way player going up against the feeding sun. So credit him for, you know, a solid game, but probably played a little bit too much in that fourth quarter where all of his minutes did come. Uh, and just looking at, you know, some of the bigger stats in this one, Nets 9 of 27 from three, but still found a way to be in this game. And I think that says a lot about this team. You know, against the Clippers, it was, you know, 50% from three. And this one, not getting that three ball to go down, but still finding a way to be in this one is impressive with the amount of guys missing. And a bigger reason for that is probably the, the closeness in the turnover battle, you know, 15 to 16 in favor of the Suns. The Suns also only shot 29% from three. So overall, you know, the Nets fought hard, you know, made an effort in this game, pushed the pace really well, had 19 fast break points to the Suns 10, but also got beat on the boards and the Suns beat them in second chance points, 19 to nine and points in the paint, 64 to 52. A lot of that was DeAndre Ayton, and some of that was going against Nick Claxton, or some of that was just getting those mismatches because of the net switching and giving him easy baskets over Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, whoever it was. I think that's still an area where the Nets need to clean up, especially with the guys that are playing now, is there were too many defensive miscommunications and not enough heady plays off ball in terms of the scram switching stuff and allowing guys to just get eaten by bigs in the paint when there are options to switch off ball. So, you know, again, though, the guys are shorthanded. They're playing hard. They're making an effort going against really good teams and almost finding ways to win. You know, as Vaughn said, they're just probably not making enough of the hustle plays. And I think there's probably too many offensive rebounds for the opposing team that are hitting the floor once. You know, if it's DeAndre in grabbing a board over Joe Harris, it's going to happen. But if the ball is taking a long bounce and you're not making that hustle play to get the ball, that's on you and that's on the nets and that's on a lot of the role players just not being well-equipped in terms of understanding what they need to do to beat some of these better teams. But that's it for the game. And to just touch on some of the latest news notes regards to the trade deadline and trades that went down, we saw Kessler Edwards move to the Sacramento Kings with cash consideration for a European player that will likely never be in the NBA. But that wasn't necessarily a huge move, but it could be implications for something down the line. You know, in the tweet that Woj reported, the Nets save $8 million in salary and luxury tax. Uh, it's likely that they will fill up that roster spot either via trade or buyout or potentially, you know, somewhere else down the road. So interesting move as, you know, the deadline approaches. We did have some updates as well on the Kevin Durant front from Woj, you know, Take them with a grain of salt in whatever way you want to. Uh, in the aftermath of the Kyrie Irving trade, the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant are having ongoing conversations on the direction of the franchise. But the organization has thus far told inquiring teams they are not planning to trade him before Thursday de Thursday's deadline, sources tell ESPN. To follow up that tweet, Woj also said, Durant had interest in a deal to the Suns over the summer, but so far the Nets haven't shown a willingness to move him to Phoenix or anywhere else, sources tell ESPN. There have been a number of teams reaching out to Brooklyn on Durant. Again, I think this is something you can look at two ways, and I think we're getting to a point where it can go in one of two directions. The Nets can make a splash move, keep Kevin Durant happy, and look to compete for a championship this season. Or there is potential the Nets could look to move Kevin Durant before Thursday. And I think what some of these tweets or reports and leaks from Woj mean is, you know, the Nets aren't listening right now or the offers aren't good enough. But if something comes up and they feel like that is the right move for the franchise and they can really get a great package back for Kevin Durant, 
they're probably going to pull the trigger because it seems that there's a level of uncertainty from Kevin Durant in terms of his future in Brooklyn. And to be honest, if they have a real chance at winning a championship this season or moving forward. So I think at this point in time, it is almost 50-50 in terms of, you know, Kevin Durant will be in Brooklyn after the trade deadline. You know, when you listen to this on Wednesday morning or potentially even Thursday before the game, KD could be on another team or we could have reports that things are building up. Or we can see the other end of the spectrum and the Nets are, you know, getting deeper in talks with Toronto for Pascal Siakam or Chicago has finally decided to, you know, look at moving Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. So a lot can happen in the next 48 hours, but I think it's going to say a lot about the Nets franchise and what the future holds for this team in the next couple of days. You know, as I mentioned, Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton playing at an extremely high level um, in terms of what our expectations are for those guys and their ceilings continue to rise. Obviously, they have have built up interest from teams outside of Brooklyn. Could that lead to them landing a star? Is it worth you know sending those guys out for one more shot at a championship? You know. That's up to Sean Marks and Joe Sy to decide. It's really going to be a lot of activity in the next couple of days. Sean Marks is going to be very active in terms of trying to find a move that he thinks fits this franchise the best. As we've talked about in the past, his seat is warm and it continues to heat up. And you know the next 48 hours could really dictate if he has a job remaining with the Brooklyn Nets for the rest of the season or going into next year. So we'll see how this all plays out. Um, you can expect more pods from us, You know, potentially emergency pods, potentially rumor pods, whatever it is. At the very least, we will be back Thursday. As always, big thanks to everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.